The global COVID-19 pandemic is just a constantly evolving crisis. So Cass and I wanted to do a bonus episode this week, really just looking at co-parenting and how do you get through. And it's not easy to do a podcast when we're all in different locations. So we've managed uh, with the help of our wonderful executive producer Eliza Ratliff to be able to record from home. I'm in my bedroom. Where are you Annalise? Well I had to come to Eliza's house uh, because we couldn't get it working from my house but luckily we live around the corner so that that was okay. Cass how how are you going this week? Well we've got forced home schooling. The school that the children attend has decided to go to homeschooling so that's what's happening in my house and um, you know I think the timing with it coincides with restaurants and cafes and you know pubs and movie theatres all that closing. That to me, sits a bit better. I had not wanted schools to make a decision to close if the children could still just go mixing in the community at every other facility. Because when you're dealing with teenagers, that is, you know, a lot of what they will do. And people say, well, just control them. Well, it's not that simple. Yeah, absolutely. I had a bit of a teary day yesterday, but I'm feeling better today and just, you know, chatting to you I'm I'm feeling good and I think that's what it's really about, isn't it? It's every day is going to be different and you're going to have your bad days and you're going to have your okay days and then it's just sitting with that and, and being kind to yourself really. Absolutely. As you said, Annalise, it is a constantly moving beast, this pandemic and the way we're being told to deal with it in society. I think one of the things is to stay calm and to you know follow the rules we do need to social distance we do need to protect all members of society by doing the right thing so we're cast recording this on the morning of tuesday the 24th of march so all of the information that we do have is uh, up until this point but Today's guest is a lawyer, Lucy Mannering. Lucy Mannering wrote a book with her sister Rebecca in 2018 called Surviving Your Split after they both went through separations within four months of each other. Lucy is a banking lawyer based in Sydney and her sister Beck is a family lawyer who lives in Brisbane. Since then, they've both repartnered. And we're so honoured to have Lucy with us today to share her legal knowledge Lucy and her sister Beck have written an article uh, called Co-Parenting in a Time of Pandemic and we're actually going to share the article in our show notes so you can have a read of that. And we're just we're so honoured that Lucy's given us her time so generously today to share her legal knowledge with us and as well as her experience of co-parenting during this really difficult time. Lucy, thanks so much. How are you managing co-parenting right now? Look, I think that what we really need to reflect on is that these are actually unprecedented times, and I mean that in the legal term. We don't have any precedents that we can draw on to help us navigate what is a hugely difficult time for everyone, but particularly for people who are trying to co-parent through a pandemic. For me, our co-parenting is going great, but for a lot of other people out there, this is going to be a very complex time. What are the, some of the rules or basic rules of engagement during this crisis, do you think, Lucy? A pandemic doesn't necessarily override parenting orders, court orders, but the court can find that a person had a reasonable excuse for breaching court orders 
if the breach was necessary to protect the health and safety of a person, the children or themselves. If a person or the child is ordered into isolation, then that should be pretty much proof that the action was necessary. Right, okay. I think one of the big things that everyone's facing at the moment, Lucy, is different states have different rules with closing down schools and daycares and so forth. So if some schools and daycare centres are still open, what happens in the case where one parent wants to pull out and self-isolate but the other parent doesn't agree to that and wants to still send them to school or daycare? such a tricky, tricky issue, but it really probably comes down to which parent has day-to-day care. Parents with orders that provide that they have equal shared parental responsibility must consult on major long-term issues, like actually changing a school. But you don't have to consult on day-to-day issues, like whether a child is too sick or at risk to be sent to school temporarily. Parents without court orders both automatically have parental responsibility and do not need to legally consult on major long-term issues, but it's usually a good idea to do so. Otherwise, the court will probably decide for you. If taking a child out of a daycare does impact on their place permanently, then this is a decision that should be done in consultation. Most mediators and parenting coordinators have moved to an online platform, so they're available to assist if you really can't reach a resolution together. As you say, Lucy, it's unprecedented times. Social distancing measures are in place at the moment. Government, you know, the federal government has put those in place. While your children are with the other parent, do you have a say on who they can be exposed to and where they can go if the other parent isn't self-isolating? Again, super tricky, but generally speaking, and we've got no precedence to guide us on this again. Generally speaking, we don't get to have a say in the day-to-day parenting that goes on in the other parent's house. However, if the other parent exposes the child to risk, uh, for example, they've been brought into contact with someone who has been ordered to self-isolate, then depending on the severity, you know, either the police or a child safety agency could become involved. Potentially, the risk to the child could also be seen as a reasonable excuse for breaching orders. However, it's best to seek urgent legal advice if you do find yourself in this very tricky position because what might seem reasonable among all of this panic um, and confusion may not seem so reasonable in the harsh light of a court in a few months when things have calmed down. Parenting orders create obligations and there can be very serious consequences for breaching them without a reasonable excuse. And hopefully, Lucy, I, from the perspective that I'm coming from, I think, as a, as a parent who, you know, has to co-parent, it's really important time to be kind and caring, isn't it? And really try to put the children at the forefront and discuss, if you have issues, to discuss it with the other co-parent. Absolutely. This is a time to pull together as best as we can, be reasonable. Remember that when all of this settles, we're still going to have to be co-parenting. This is not the time to be petty and controlling. Think about whether this this particular conflict is worth damaging the co-parenting relationship. And um, to paraphrase a family court judge, we have to remember to love our children more than we hate our ex um, or don't get along with our ex, particularly at a time of a global pandemic. If your um, former partner, you know, had the choice to, you know, maybe there was the option that they could take 
the children somewhere that they perceived is safer to go and stay with another family member or even the fact that they would like to go there and look after that other family member. Is that something that, you know, you should be a bit lenient with at the moment, do you think, Lucy, and understanding and saying that, you know, let's just do the best for our children? Absolutely. I mean, 100% being able to make good decisions that are in the best interests of the children together is what we should all be aiming for at this time. Uh, It's really the bare minimum that we can absolutely make our priority. What's the legal obligation that one parent has if they come into contact with someone who has tested positive? Do they have a legal obligation to let you, the other parent, know that? So it depends on the Public Health Act of the state that you're in. But from a co-parenting point of view, you should definitely let the other parent have this information. The other parent might might have family members who are in a high-risk category and things may need to change as a result of, of that diagnosis um, or, or that contact. Contact tracing is really important at this time um, and we all have an obligation to do what we can to minimise the spread. So, Lucy, in the absolute awful instance that one parent is infected and hospitalised with COVID-19, Legally, how does that impact custody? Depends on the family circumstances. So frustrating in family law, isn't it? Everything is. Well, it depends. If there are orders in place, then there may well be something in the orders that deals with similar circumstances, what happens to the children if they can't be looked after by one parent or the other. If there are no orders in place or the orders don't deal with that, then truly every family will be different. For example, in a family where the children live with each parent in a shared care arrangement, it may be reasonable for the children to stay with the parent who is not hospitalised, obviously. In a parent where the children live with one parent, a step-parent and step or, or half-siblings and spend time with their other parent, then it might make sense for the children to stay in that arrangement. It will depend on the, the social structures that each family have in place. It sounds like it's something that probably people should be having those kind of discussions now. You know, Absolutely. Like- so important for family members to be sensible and child-focused at this time. The children are going to be frightened and upset and anxious about their parents. Uh, They don't need family members fighting on top of all of that. And even consideration, Lucy. I mean, if you're working in essential services or emergency services, you might need some extra help right now in um, looking after children because, you know, usually they'd be at school. And if they're not able to be at school and or or they're self-isolating for various reasons, we have to try and be considerate and caring, don't we? That's right. We have to put our children first in this. Um, We can't force the other parent to take on more days, but such an attitude is really, it's not the time and the place for that. Now is the time for pulling together and showing our children how we can work together with their other parents and being kind and considerate. You would hate to think that someone would be keeping a nurse or a doctor from the front line of a global pandemic um, because they won't help look after their own children. And if, if they flat out refuse, then there's nothing that you can be done. You just have to seek alternative care. Is that is that the case? Isn't that terrible? But yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Thinking about more sort of the finance and maintenance side, you know, as we've seen this week, 
soul-crushing visions of people, thousands of people losing jobs, lining up for Centrelink. It's, it is chaos and unfortunately it probably will get worse. What happens if one parent loses their job and, and how does it affect maintenance and what steps can they take to amend this? So child support is calculated by using a formula and one of the variables in the formula is the income of the parent. So yes, if a parent who is a paying parent doesn't have an income, then that is going to affect child support. This is a very scary time for people who are in this situation. Neither parent wants their child to go without. So I think discussing with the other parent what will happen and what the children need um, is really important. And if an agreement can't be reached, then mediation may be a cost-effective way to resolve issues such as this. I've heard lots of issues this week with people really afraid about what's going to happen with school fees. One parent might have previously been a very high income earner and the children were in private schools. You know, for many people, that income is going to have dried up. uh, And this is a, a real source of worry for a lot of people. But I don't think that schools are going to be kicking people out for non-payment of fees in the immediate future. So deep breath territory, time to really focus on what's important and have those conversations with your co-parent. That formula that you talk about, Lucy, it also takes into account the percentage of time that the children are in the care of each parent. Now that, you know, all those that are, you know, already self-isolating will force self-isolation because of closure of some schools, and if that happens to all schools, will that change the formula because of the percentage of time? So child support is calculated, as we said, on a formula, but it's calculated by nights of care, not days of care. So it probably won't, if you're at home looking after three kids and working full-time remotely, that probably won't impact your assessment. But it is super unfair for one parent to be homeschooling three kids four kids, two kids, while and working full-time, while the other co-parent is also at home working remotely and not assisting. So you would hope that in these unprecedented times that co-parents would reflect on that and try and do what's right because the aim of the game is to keep everyone in jobs for as long as possible. As you know, Lucy, you know, we can only be responsible for our actions and how we're behaving and as we know, not everybody has the same respect back from an ex. So what about if you're co-parenting with someone who is high conflict and controlling? So I think the advice is there to strap in because this is going to be a bumpy ride, sadly. High conflict and controlling individuals love drama and what better drama than a global pandemic? Stay calm, vent to trustworthy friends and family, but preferably not in writing. Lots of family lawyers have stories of former best friends handing over years' worth of terrible texts to the other side. And look at using communication strategies such as the BIF strategy, which is keep your communication brief, informative, friendly and final, and as much as possible, keep communication to writing. Don't get into text wars. Communicate only over email and keep a diary. Keep diary notes. What about supervised court-ordered visitations, Lucy? Do you know anything about what's going to happen with these? It is likely that they will probably close and if they have to close then other options may need to be considered. In really high conflict situations, it might have to be a police station 
as much as we hate that option because of the messages it gives to the children. For parents who have been doing changeovers at school or daycare, then other options might be the local McDonald's if they're still open to offer takeaway or, or with family members to give a bit of distance. Lucy, where can someone go if they find themselves in an unsafe environment? Like we are going to have a lot of families going through a lot of stress. They're going to be home together. There may be unemployment. There's going to be high stress. And this often can lead to family violence. What's sort of your advice in in this situation? Will shelters still be operating? So most refuges will stay um, operational for the time being. Uh, We're going to have to see again how that one plays out. 1-800-RESPECT is still operating and the Women's Legal Services are still operating. Most of the staff working remotely, so it might take longer than usual to get through. Um, But hopefully we can keep these, these services operational for as long as possible. This is going to be a really difficult time for a lot of people who are basically stuck at home and potentially stuck at home in abusive relationships with lots of small children around who would normally have the refuge of school. What's your biggest piece of advice right now, Lucy? Keep calm. We have to set an example to our children at the moment. We have to be strong for them. Work cooperatively with your co-parent as far as you can. Um, Now's not the time to engage in petty battles or try and renegotiate parenting strategies and parenting plans. Uh, Now's not the time to get extra time or less time. Um, If child support arrangements have have to change, then that's going to be really difficult and has to be handled very sensitively. Everyone is stressed and anxious. People are trying to keep their job, keep their families safe. Um, This is really, truly deep breath territory for us all. Lucy, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, it is, it's it's such a difficult time for everyone, but particularly for co-parenting and everyone I think is just feeling the stress. So thanks so much for sharing. We have included a link to the government website, Services Australia, in the show notes where you can find out about your family payments and child support if you have been affected or your or the other parent has been affected by COVID-19 please reach out to lifeline.org.au on 13 11 14 if you feel you are having a personal crisis. They have 24-hour crisis support and suicide prevention services. And also, Cass, important to know that we found out from Lucy that 1800RESPECT, which is the domestic violence uh, counselling service online and also on phone will still be operating throughout this pandemic as well and also headspace.org.au it's the national youth mental health sorry and also headspace.org.au is the national youth mental health foundation they can help out uh, with young people who are struggling with anxiety during this time and don't underestimate that they may well be this is a very confusing time for everybody including children yeah, and do you know what I loved um, with Lucy's advice that I'm really going to take on where she said, you know, we have to be the calm grown-up and it's our job to make them feel safe and, and reassure them. And I, I'm i definitely going to be working on that and that's that's really all we can do for now. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Divorce Story. Uh, and, yeah, we just wish that everyone stays well and stays safe at this time. If you want to hear more from us, you can follow us on socials at Cass Thorburn and at Annalise Dent. 
And Divorce Stories produced by me, Annalise Stent. And me, Cass Thorburn. The executive producer is Eliza Ratliff. Thanks for listening. Thank you.